Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, Episode 7. My name is Alan Aguirre, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Canadian Miss Nikki Sin. Hello, hello, hello. And returning for the first time in a few weeks, it is the Southern Luke Muncie. What's up, guys? I'm happy to be back. So this is the first time all three of us have been together since, I think, episode two. Because episode three was just me and Luke. Episode four was just me and Nikki. And then last week was also just me and Nikki. And we skipped episode five. So it feels good to have both of you back in my life again together. I'm glad to be back. Life is crazy, but we found the time. So I'm happy. We make the time. We made the time. We love each other. It's true. And if there was ever, like, a time in this season for us, like, not to be together, it was last week when they gave us an abbreviated episode. This week, we get the second half of that episode where we see what happened with the Josh and Fessy Big Brother fight. We got to see the aftermath. What were the decisions made by production? And the vote-in, the elimination. Personally, if you put these two episodes together, I loved it. But when you separate them... That's where I don't really like it as much. How are you guys feeling? I don't know what the mindset was in separating them. Like maybe they have to hit their certain like quota of episodes, but put them together. There's a lot of stuff last weekend, this week we did not need and I did not want. Yeah, could have saved the viewers and the editors just like a heck of a lot of time. I don't I don't see why they had to be separated. I like I said last week, I was like the thing with cliffhangers and fights like this is I just sort of forget what's happening the next week. <laughs> I've like the memory of a goldfish cracker. I'm like, oh right, okay. So it was Josh and Bessie fighting. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean combine these two episodes together create about 83 minutes of content, whereas the average episode of the challenge, when it's the 90 minutes, is 62 minutes. So they just need to cut 20 minutes. So throw away some Devin and Kyle confessionals because even though they're entertaining, they're they're inconsequential. As cute as the Casey Nani scene was, that took like five minutes. You, you take that out of the episode, and we could have gotten one really good 90-minute episode with all the hookups, all the fights, all the drama, a daily challenge, and elimination, and all the fans would be happy. Whereas a show where the viewership is dwindling, it just it doesn't feel like the right time to go in this direction. And honestly, to speak on the elephant in the room, maybe this is another filler episode because Survivor also premiered tonight. Uh, but it just is strange. I think of it like the Nani and the Casey thing. Like last season, we cut out the Nani and Leroy 10-year anniversary clip. It was a special like on MTV.com. It didn't even make the episode. Yet we're getting these little filler clips just so we can like have filler episodes. Not a fan. Well, that's what frustrated me. And I said it last week was that the the Nani and Casey thing. I was like, oh, this is so cute. And it would have been great in the episode if production didn't force them to talk about the Josh and Bessie beef on their date. That's my thing. My thing is to bring up the challenge on a date. It's not good timing. Yeah. It's just like when you're trying to force your way into a 40 minute episode because you decide to split it up, you just create a lot of mindless stuff and and the challenge fans we just want good content all the time don't give us this filler just get right to the meat of it um and our podcast this review is not going to be like our traditional ones um it's because mtv you know they didn't give us a daily challenge the politics wasn't 
as it usually is. The drama wasn't as it usually is. So because of that, we're just going to sequentially go through the episode, and we're going to pick up with the fight from last week where Amber and Esther are yelling at each other. Uh, Fessy smushes Josh's face in <laughs> the most demeaning fashion, but it was very soft. Josh proceeds to throw a drink, and then the two men get separated. Uh, and from there, things are just... Well, things are just evolving. I, I, I thought it was a very soft fight, but there's a lot of yelling going on. Yes. Verbal altercation, sure. Physical, kind of, like, Fessy's mush, and I love that in the challenge we used the word mush ever since, you know, Amanda mushed Camilla. Like, Alan said inconsequential about, like, some of the content earlier, but, like, this fight was inconsequential. It didn't really have an impact. Like, Josh didn't fall to the floor. And from that mush, Josh swung back, but just hit a producer in the face. Like, it wasn't really a fight. And Josh equally hit someone else, someone that arguably would be more valuable to, like, the team as a whole. I've seen bigger and badder fights, like, in girls' washrooms at clubs. This this was a face wash? Come on, come on. Yeah. And I, arguably, to me, the person that was the most violent was Josh because he kept he smashed a couple of glasses like when Fessy wasn't even around him. Uh, it was it was a mess and it was just loud. That's how I describe it. There was just loudness going on everywhere. And I didn't know where to pinpoint it, uh, though. One of my favorite parts of this fight is just looking at everyone, seeing how inconsequential it is. You have like Ed smiling, Bettina wondering what's going on. Huey just munching on pizza. And it's like. You have Huey and Emmy who are like very dramatic people, just looking at them like crazy people. Like, what? What's this drama about? Like, because they're dramatic themselves and they think what you're doing is dumb. Yeah, and my eyes automatically go to Amanda and Ashley. I'm uh, a stan. They're like sitting under the stairwell, not even paying attention. They don't even like look over until like producers are breaking them up. But it's weird though because it started off as a joke, clearly. But it's almost like Josh and Fess were like, "Oh, let's capitalize on this." This will get us more airtime. This will get the Big Brother lines talked about more. I'm sure there was genuine anger. We saw that last week, too. But did it have to go that far over pizza, over Amber B? What upset me was that, you know, Corey got called out for for helping start the fight with the joke. And Corey's like, what? Like, Josh can't control his emotions. Have have you met him? No, I love that. I love that, honestly, because it was... The difference between Corey and Tori, where, like, Amanda, she's like, what were you guys doing? You guys created a fight for no reason. Why are you, like, trying to hurt our alliance, right? Trying to hurt stability in the house. Corey is like, I'm having fun. He's a grown man. He can handle himself. And Tori's like, oh, I, I wasn't meaning to start the drama. I would never do that. I don't know these people. Oh, because that's Tori deal. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, Corey's a grown man. And Tori's, you know, she's a mess. She's the pandering princess. She'll just do anything to seeing in a better light literally you know alan was talking or maybe it was nikki i forgot it's been three seconds sorry but one of you were talking about josh throwing glasses even after the fight you know amanda was trying to console him and be like dude chill out like it's not this serious and he like throws glasses at her and was like screw you like he is so just not with it and i want to remind everybody josh has a history of violent or threatening activity like he threw a glass at swaggy wanted to fight him in the club you know last season what was last season he he shoved Devin to the ground he laid hands on him 
And in this episode, he definitely tries to swing back at Thessy, and just the back of it gets the producer in the face. Yeah, punched the wall last season. He punched the wall last season, too. Uh, Josh is a mess. Uh, it's... I don't... And it, I mean, it, they really don't think of him as a threat anyway, even with all this violent behavior, because they're like, oh, it's just that's a child's play. It's a, that's a child not doing anything. And Amanda... I mean, MVP performance goes out to her for being like a mother in the sense that like Amanda's Amanda's one to escalate any fight or drama going on. Usually that's her that's her history on the show. She's never one to stop a fight and try to calm someone down. And even when Josh is like kind of going at her, she's still like she's still using kid gloves on him because we know if Amanda wanted to cut Josh's throat with words, it would be easy. He'd be he'd be in a different country. In ten minutes, <laughs> no, can we maybe. get her to do it? Or somebody at least. Uh, I just, I think Amanda is smart. I've always thought she's smart, but this season specifically, she totally could have gotten Josh's face and made him look stupid. She has a crush on Fessy, sure. However, she knows that keeping Fessy and Josh in the game is integral to her making it far because they're on her side. They can be, you know, targets ahead of her. They can swing votes for her so she does not want to lose either of them no and and i i want to point out a thing that bothers me a lot is that josh will and it seems this comes from a lot of big brother people that come on the show i'm mainly just comparing him and polly they the way that they speak to women especially when they're angry like he didn't josh didn't have to get into amanda's face like that no, and I love that she made sure to tell him, like, I am not the person to do this. I want to be like, Josh, please go watch Amanda's Are You the One season. It's like, she will eviscerate you and not care. Actually, not even just that. Go watch any season of television that Amanda Garcia has ever been on. <laughs> she will eviscerate you and does not care to do yeah. so. No, just go to Amanda's Twitter. Scroll five tweets. <laughs> I'm walking out of here. <laughs> Look at her like, mentions. <laughs> right. You're bringing a butter uh, knife to like a machine gun fight with Amanda. That's not. Like, um, but yeah, she but she cared about both Fessy and Josh, and that's why she didn't just completely tear them down. I mean, she spoke to Fessy like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, you're not thinking with your head. You care about this person." And then Josh is like, "Don't try me. Just don't even go there." On the topic of Amanda, I love that she still took the moment to get a little dig in on Tori. Just like made me beam. It's like. Go, Amanda. Just because, you know, I do think it was like harmless fun, Tori and Corey instigating. I don't think their intent was like, oh, let's get someone kicked off the show, especially since they've been two proponents of the Vet Alliance. However, they did instigate one way or another. But for her to say, I didn't think anything would happen. It's like, Tori, you did confessional saying, let's have some fun in this house. Let's start a fight. You instigated. Just own up to it. Like, hey, I did it. Sorry. Oops. I mean... They sort of do that, and we'll we'll get to it. But I don't know. Tori's not one to to take the blame for anything. It seems, and I nope. I just can't get with that. I was very on Team Huey when he was like, you know, I want to see. I don't want to see the fight happening, but I kind of want to encourage it because I'm in a rookie rookie pair, and you know, my head's kind of on the block here. I'm like, see, see now you're playing the game, Huey. And switching over from that fight to the beef between Esther and Amber, where Esther, you know, she apologizes in the sense that, like, I apologize for throwing the drink at you, but we're not good. We're not we're not cool with each other. I still think you're fake. 
And a lot of people have said online, like, oh, Amber's just been living her best life. She doesn't, you know, uh, like, Esther's jealous. They've had beef since episode three or four when Esther voted them in, and they had that argument on the elimination stage. This is a rivalry. This is what a challenge, right? Like, at its core, it's two people who are competitively going at each other, who socially have conflict. This is what the challenge has always been made for, and it's weird that fans, like, don't like the real stuff versus the artificial stuff. I would agree. And what makes Esther so real to me, I mean, Alan just said it, but I want to point it out again because I think it's so significant. She took ownership. Hey, I messed up a little bit. You know, I didn't have to throw that drink. That's not my character. But she said to her face, but I do not like you, don't trust you. I'll be a hater for a second to burn a hater, burn a hater, excuse me. We had the weird, like, stalker, burn it in the sideline, like telling Esther, oh, don't forgive her. Oh, don't do that. She's absolutely fake. She's not a good person. Like the fight didn't involve her. And there's been a trend that I've seen of Berna just inserting herself in weird situations. Then I'm like, wait a second. This does not further your storyline. This just makes you look like a creep. So let them handle their business or not, because as Alan said, it makes a great rivalry and I'm really enjoying it. But like her trying to insert her opinion just detracted from the moment where both of those women, although they were at odds ends, they were having a genuine moment. Berna was not genuine. And Berna had nothing to do with it, like, at all. One of the things that gets me, Alan, you said people on, on Twitter are like, oh, you know, Esther's jealous of, of Amber's life. They, I, I'm pretty confident in saying this. I don't think Esther had any idea who Amber was before. I don't think Amber had any idea who Esther was before. So really, they're, they're basing their opinions on each other, you know, the time they've had in the house together. It's just it's frustrating to me that people automatically pit any sort of like rivalry between women. They're like, oh, it's jealousy. It's just jealousy. Okay, I'm sure your mother told you growing up that people were mean to you because they were just jealous of you. But not everyone's special. And sometimes there's actual rivalries between people. And I'm glad to see something like more organic happening on the show rather than, you know, a a Twitter beef. Someone unliked someone's Twitter or like the mean tweet about them. Yeah. And to add to that. Like Esther's successful in her own right. Like Amber might be successful from winning the last season and getting bukus and money, but Esther's a successful lawyer. She's a personality from like her home. Like she's not jealous. She has a million Instagram followers, a million. And she has over a hundred and something thousand Twitter. Like, like I was doing the math. She had like four times as many Twitter followers, five times as many Instagram followers, wealthy, and obviously has one of the craziest natural bodies ever. They're both beasts in their own right. They're both awesome women who we, you know, put them on a pedestal because they deserve it. Put all women on that pedestal. But, man, it's just like they're not jealous of one another. They're both kick-ass people who have beef, and that's what the challenge is about. I can't wait to see Rivals 4 with Esther throwing a drink at Amber in the montage. Like, that is, that's made for a future trailer. Let's get Tasha on there with Tori. That was my total mindset. That would be so so iconic, honestly. And I'll add this last thing, and I'll shut up about these two. Here's what I like about a rivalry in some instances. Sometimes I like a one-sided rivalry where like, I side with one person. I can see Amber B's side where she felt betrayed, whether or not she knew beforehand. I would still feel betrayed if people from my originating show voted me in after the past season. They apologized, made amends, all that. But I can also see Esther's side. Don't get up in my partner's face and don't put blame on me and don't do all this crazy stuff and act fake. 
So I like that I don't really have stock on either side. I have stock on both sides. And those are the most fun rivalries for me. Hundo P agree. They're making some matches together. Burn is a hater, just on the side. And after all this stuff, we see Fessy feeling bad, especially after I think Amanda talks some words of wisdom into him. And he goes to hug Josh and be like, hey, man, I didn't mean to do that to you. And then Josh is crying. Casey's crying. Nani's crying. Uh, they're they're all <laughs> they're having a pity party together. Josh's like, dude, you put your arms on me. It's like, hey, you smushed you, dude. You push it a little bit. It's like, let's. <laughs> I think we're both at a loss for words because it's just like it. It's they even said it on the show. It's like when siblings fight, but it wasn't even a fight. Like me and my brother have thrown hands at one another. They just mushed each other. And it was more of like a, please get out of my face. Like if the security guards hadn't been there, it really would have just been a, which is less than what Josh did to Devin last season. I did have to laugh though at Nani if they're crying because at this point in the show, if you had never watched a season of anything MTV related before, you'd say, oh, Nani was on Big Brother because she's part of the Big Brother Alliance. She's always with them, but she's not. I don't I don't think Nani was crying because of their fight. I think that Casey and Nani got woken up from getting laid and were pulled into this whole nonsense. I'd probably be crying tears too. I'd be like, listen, it's hard to get laid in a bunk bed as an adult. Finally, no cameras on us. Let alone Josh walks in. Oh, what a a oh man, boner killer. I I just I just want to say uh, one of the weird, most awkward moments is like going back towards the fight of uh, Josh and Fessy in the aftermath is him yelling at Casey, "Pick me! It's it's you or him. It's me or him." And then (laughs) it's even funnier when you remember a couple episodes earlier, Casey is like washing her hands, like Josh, we don't have to talk for the rest of the season. We're good. We're done. We're over. And Josh is like, it's still like, pick me or him. And it's just, it's very clear that she already picked Fessy, but he's grasping for straws. And that's one thing I've never fully understood about Josh is he wants Casey to play middle ground. Casey played an entire season of Big Brother, which obviously would be an extreme bonding experience. She played with Fessy. Of course, she's going to have loyalties to him. Plus, he's no BS. Josh is so much BS. Oh, it's just so much... He's like a like an emotional vampire, like an energy vampire. I like I was becoming exhausted just like watching him sobbing the whole time, looking like Kim Kardashian with the ugly cry face. And then Fessy's like, "Listen, man, he's like, because it wasn't a big fight; it was like a scuffle at best." And I like how like Fessy puts his arm around him. That's right, I'm defending Fessy, kind of. And he's like, "Listen, man, I'm really sorry. It shouldn't have got to that level." And Josh's like, "Dude, I don't understand." I I mean, he does. He was there. <laughs> I, I had to chuckle, though, because they made up within, you know, editing-wise, looked like minutes. But it definitely seemed like it was like, hey, man, we might get sit home. Maybe we should downplay the crap out of this. We're brothers. We're fun. I didn't mean to put hands on you. And Nikki said, I'll defend Fessy. I've really not hated Fessy this season. Ooh. Because of Amanda. Honestly, maybe. And I feel like some the part two, like Esther, like I think they were a good partnership. But I didn't. Like I was like, it's not that big deal. Let's 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 pass this on. Josh did say though, and I I will take Josh's side on this. He was like, Fessy, I have to watch these episodes back or like look on Twitter and see stuff. And you like you talk crap about me. And I've seen Fessy on Twitter or Instagram comments and even on the show be like, Come on, it's Josh. Or like it's Josh, I'm not worried, or things like that. And while there is merit to that, because it is Josh, 
That'd be pretty uh, upsetting to see your friend, your ally do that. So it's like, Josh, maybe you should have talked about this before, like not in a group setting where drinks were being thrown and pizza was being stolen. Oh my God, just ask Nelson or Angela for Dr. Phil's like <laughs> contact information. <laughs> I don't need to see it on the challenge. Right, right. Move on to something else. What's Dr. Drew doing? Like, can he come in? It, it- it's not just that, though, but, like, I, Fessy just had to lay some truths on the Josh, and I think Fessy even did, like, boost Josh's ego a little bit. Like, he had a fib, because, like, Josh, it's your social game, and it's like, Josh doesn't really have much of a social game outside of the Big Brother Alliance, where, because he's part of their numbers, um, if he wants to do something, he can maybe, you know, put something in through to Casey, and if Casey approves that, the move will go through. Um, but Josh isn't winning anything like that. That's the reason. That's the main reason why Casey will also always side with Fessy. Because Fessy's a great athlete. He wins challenges. He's an asset to them. Josh, he's a third wheel. He's just you know he's a wobbly wheel. And arguably, last season had Casey not gotten hurt and Fessy could have eaten, they could have won. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure they could have outrun Amber B. But like Casey's an athlete too. Like I don't know. I might be jumping too far ahead if I am. Forgive me, but. I think Fessy also played into Josh's ego a little bit more in the episode whenever they're like rehashing the next morning. And he's like, Josh, it's because you've won Big Brother. Like, I'm jealous. I couldn't win Big Brother. I couldn't win the football. I couldn't win Ninja Warrior. I've never won the challenge. And I'm like, at this point, are you really that jealous that Josh won Big Brother 19? He's never won a football game? I find that incredibly hard to believe. I think he meant like he never like won in the realm of football as in like it didn't work. Never won like a championship. Yeah, I, I'm gonna pretend he meant what I was thinking. <laughs> Not even black football. Oh, but yeah, I mean, it was a, uh, it was not the, it was a weird moment, and it was a little too much crying for me. Uh, this could have been in one episode. That's the main takeaway because they could have put this all in one. Could have made some of these scenes shorter. So we could have actually. We could have actually taken away the scene where um, Fessy jumps into Josh's bed and hugs him and just cut that out of the episode and have the morning after scene. If that was like one episode, we got both because they had to stretch for time. Uh, TJ comes to the house. He finally does his job. He finally is like, all right, I'm going to be a handler. I'm going to be a host for you guys. Uh, (laughs) Bettina, with one of the weirdest confessionals, says like, this feels like a funeral or something like that. I'd rather be at a funeral. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather be. Yeah. What's a funeral? She did. Weekend? She she looked like uh, Wednesday Adams when she said that too. She had a lot. She had some Wednesday Adams vibes going there, and I was I like, like you know what? It fits. Yeah. Uh, from there, TJ tells Esther that Esther, you threw a drink at someone, you got into a fight, and uh, you're getting a warning. You do anything like that again, you're kicked off the show. Which to me. I could not believe the amount of people on Reddit and Twitter who were like, Esther should be kicked off the show for throwing a drink, blah, 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 blah. That's assault. I'm like, if we start kicking people off the challenge for throwing drinks, we got to retroactively vacate some championships, some elimination wins, because boy, oh boy, you have to, there's a lot of stuff you're going to see in this show. It was also very obviously water. (laughs) Uh, Yes. It was not like it was like something that's going to make her eyes burn. it's water. In fact, she was doing her a favor. Her makeup was a little stale. She needed to wash it off. It was fun. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. I just look, there's a salt Alex just spit water on us. Right, exactly. It it's just so stupid to me. Like, sure, I understand TJ saying, like, okay, yes, yeah, sir, this is your warning, because that's been his thing the past few seasons to be the morality police. I mean, he always has been with fighting, but recently it's just been about like small altercations that make the show interesting. So sure, but the people on Reddit saying that, like, like Alan said, there's been people this season that have thrown drinks. Josh, this past episode, should he be sent home for smashing a glass? Yes. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. We'll, we'll vote yes on that one. But like, yeah, TJ says, Josh, you're, well, what did he say exactly? Like, you're, you're you're making a fool of yourself. Like, you look like, what? What did you're embarrassing that? us. You're embarrassing your friends. Uh, but I guess we'll keep you around. And this statement, sorry to be so heated about it, just pisses me off because there have been rumors that Josh has faith. Sorry, Nikki. Nikki's like, I can see that Lucas getting heated. I am heated. I love it. There I have been it. rumors that Josh has like, you know, friends within production, which is at this point, like a weird version of nepotism. I'm sure there's a word. I am an English teacher. Don't know what it is. But like Josh was equally to blame as Fessy. And like I've said already, he has a past violent history with other people on the show on more than one season. He went to throw a punch or mush at Fessy and it was just deflected and hit a producer in the face. Like, you know, I know that Turbo is of course a whole different person than Josh and he's much more like intimidating just because he's a beast, but Turbo did less than that almost. Like I don't think he like punched a pro- or not professor, a producer in the face. Josh did, but I guess we'll keep him around. No, see, this is what pisses me off about that, is if a child throws a temper tantrum or a child does something wrong, why why would you reward them? So an adult, Josh threw a temper tantrum. Josh stood on a couch and was like, wah, 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 all about me, threw an actual temper tantrum. He was just like a pair of Oshkosh away from, you know, being mistaken for Amanda's son or something. Like, he, he threw a legit temper tantrum, and they were just like, well, I guess we'll keep you around. I'm like, but do you not do you not realize how like volatile that behavior can develop into? That yeah, what's key to yeah, what's what's key to that overall is that they view Josh as a child. They do. They don't view him as an actual threat. Like, oh, I guess we'll keep you around, you clown, because mm-hmm. like you, we don't think you're actually going to hurt someone because no one sees you as an actual threat, and it's just it's just so annoying because then you see Fessy. Who gets ticked off the show for a mush when he had a whole thing with Amber B and someone brought Josh in just to rile him up and like just they use Josh as an animal on Fessy and Fessy was just I thought even I thought he was kind of respectful I thought like he, like Fessy if he wanted to get violent could have been violent yes and that's part of where my rage also comes from if they were going to give Josh the pass. Fessy deserved the pass as well. TJ saying that only Fessy got physical. That's not true. We we have seen altercations on the show where someone throws the first punch, but someone else punches back. They also go home. Like Kayla, Melissa, Final Reckoning, like someone was robbed there. You know what I mean? And Josh further gives that point that like he's viewed as just like a circus freak, shade to Berna on the show. Like by sitting there blubbering and crying. And he had, he acknowledges like, yeah, I'm not getting sent home because I'm this character. And in the back of my head, I'm like, we've seen people on the show before who have been used by production to be this caricature who eventually just like 
implode or explode, however you want to take it. But Josh has these favors in production where this will never happen. If Josh has a moment where like he really will look bad, it's going to be edited out of the show or he's going to be edited to be a victim. And I don't like that. Josh was not a victim in this situation, but yet he's the one that's allowed to stay. It's it's frustrating because I want to know who this producer is. Just want to talk. Just want to have a little conversation because now we've been talking about Josh for this long. Yeah. To, to liven it up a little bit and get away from Josh, I saw a clip from an Invasion of the Champs on Twitter today, and someone quoted it and was like, if this happened on today's challenge, seven people in this clip would have been sent home in one night. And it's just so true. And I understand the merger with like Viacom, like CBS is much more friendly, family friendly, you know, we're going that direction, whatever. I do miss the MTV where like, you know, you give a little shove, a little, a little drink throw, and you don't have TJ, the handler, coming in handling business. It was just par for the course. Okay, this is part of the show. This is an MTV show. Yeah. And TJ, uh, he gives them 15 minutes to get out. And then 15 minutes to get into the liberation room to vote. And TJ was not even willing to wait 15 minutes to walk into the liberation room. He had to make that little video play of himself being like, all right, agents, you got 15 minutes to nominate someone. And we see how much the little butterfly effects of the game happen because now that Esther doesn't have Fessy, everyone's like, like all the guys specifically are like, well, we don't want to go into elimination. So Esther, you're going in. Uh, the guy who even said it first was Ed, who's like a rookie, but he's like, well, that's, I'm getting another episode later, Esther. We're throwing you into this elimination. And, you know, you feel bad for Esther because this never would have happened because her and Fessy were one of the most intimidating duos. Yes, she could have gone into an elimination, but not as, not solo, not like, you know, not, not, not in the houseboat aspect. That whole deliberation was just strange to me because it was, in the previous episodes, like they've really gone at it. They've, they've talked about who's going in, things like that. And they just briefly touched on that. I do feel horrible for Esther because like Alan said, she was probably safe that week. Well, she definitely was, especially with, you know, Casey and Emmanuel in power. Um, but she was the no-brainer. But it just turned into like an apology party. But, okay, but the worst apologies ever. The way that Corey and Tori apologize, it's like, you know when you do something to one of your siblings, your mom's like, say sorry. Say sorry right now, or we're not going to Disney World. So, sorry. sorry. Sorry, Esther. Sorry. Like, they they weren't sorry. <laughs> Why why be fake and waste your time like that? I just really it was I'm annoying. Really not sorry. It's it it was a waste of our time, just sincerely. And that's something you also cut out the episode if it's just one episode because, ugh, like own it. This is so lame. And I gotta give credit to Esther for being like, "Yo, Josh, why are you fighting so hard for Amber when if you really look at things, you're not her top priority." No, but Amber wasn't fighting about getting voted in with as anything to do with Josh, really, other than she's like, oh, Josh, you didn't tell me. He's like, I, like, why would I have to tell you? This is so convoluted in my head because I've not spoken to you guys about last week's episode, so forgive me. But I kind of do get Josh's point as much as I don't like the goof, but he had a very strong player and for Fessy to be his number one guy and to try to get rid of that player. I know that he thought that Amber B would be coming after him, but in the same sense, she was tied to Josh. 
best case scenario would be for Amber to stay with Josh because Josh can block her from doing certain things. And I truly don't think Amber was coming after him. So I understand Josh's frustration. However, I will totally see to Esther once it had happened, chill out. Like the whole, you know, calling her out at the elimination, Josh overreacted, which made them look weak, made them look like they could be penetrated, their alliance. And it just is like, uh, the funny thing was, and I know that we don't really talk about because it, it was just so stupid. I loved when Tori was taking accountability. He was like, I apologize. I feel like I'm partly to blame for this. And you could see in her face, she's like, wait, am I nominating myself? And she's like, but we need to figure out who's going in. It's just like, we know who it is. Let's just get past this part. And I guess, like Alan said, that's why we have this weird filler episode where they show us these things we don't need to see. All they had to do was utilize some basic form of communication. And Josh had to be like, Fessy, I don't want you to put Amber in because she's an asset to me and my game. And I know you're playing your own game. But I, I will make a promise to you that I will make sure that she doesn't do anything to hurt your game. Just instead of yeah. just I spit in tears. I, I just got so much like hate and like arguments because I, I I don't think it was a blindside. People throw around the word like the term blindside to mean nothing now. I mean, just what a blindside is something you don't you have zero percent like thought it could happen. Like you, a car hitting you out of nowhere, that's a blindside. But you get on a road and you see a car driving erratically, that's Amber getting into this game and knowing like Fessy and all the drama between them. That's not a blindside. You should have just pulled over. You should have seen this coming. Um, and not to mention that Esther even does say like, Josh, we told you and you told us that you told Amber. So like, what is it? Josh blindsided her, if anything. That's, that's the, if anyone blindsided her in this situation, it was Josh. Now, does Fessy, like, not respect Amber, and, you know, do they have, like, a rivalry type thing going on? 1,000%. But it's not a blindside. Not everything can be a blindside, people. It's I would just, agree. Just hyping up any sort of, like, challenge jargon that they could. And I hate <laughs> it because it further promotes us. I'm, I'm all for Big Brother people coming on the show, but it just further promotes these same four people that have been on there – Realistically, three of them who've on, been on here too many seasons in a row without any like friction between. Because if Fessy had stayed in the house, let's be real, they would have still been solid. This wouldn't have like broke their alliance. They would have been fine. On a Big Brother and Challenge note, I'd like to say that I was watching Casey's Instagram live and somebody asked her who from this season of Big Brother she'd like to see on the challenge. And she said she liked Kyland. I don't like that. Well, that makes one person. Yeah, <laughs> I, he had a point. He had a point about the the egg and the and the egg McMuffin, though. I'm, but that's I'll it. always give him that. That's a good point, though. You make it's a very good point. Product of a strong. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what happens when we have an episode like this. We're sitting here talking about Kyland, who <laughs> will yeah, never be. We should be we should be talking about the like you know the elimination that happened and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, there's elimination. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't any secret though to be honest like they tried to edit that way but there was no secret who they were going to throw in against esther we had that that portion of the episode where we have emmy talking to Devin and ct saying i want to go in and i want to have uncle ct as my partner okay so they were like who could it be and it shows like the the montage of her and amber b holding hands who's it gonna be we know it's gonna be emmy and if you are emmy I wouldn't have thought of this. Maybe I would in the house. I just don't pay that much attention. But 
yeah, switch away from Huey and get with a vet. That takes the target off your back. And if you're going to be with any vet, CT's the one. She signs her name with Sriracha. She signs her name. That was, very cute. that was a very cute moment. And what's very fascinating is that CT doesn't want Berna. And I think Berna and, and Emmy are the two weirdest girls in the house. I don't mean that in a bad way. They're just weird. It, you know, I'm it happens in, in life. Way. You know, I'm a weird guy, too. I get it. You know, I'm, you know. I think CT sees Berna, and it's like, oh, that's a weird 27-year-old woman. And he sees Emmy, who's, like, very young. He's like, that's a that's a weird girl who needs to grow up, but I can teach her. Whereas, yeah. like, Berna will stab me in my sleep. A- Emmy just spills soda when she's pouring in a cup. Like, that's the difference between the two of them. And he's like, I, I can deal with Emmy. I can't deal with this person. I'm glad you just said that, because that kind of changed my perspective on Emmy, too. Like, she's harmless. Like, she's she's not going to, like... Yeah, Berna's crazy. Okay, Berna is Berna is a reality TV star. When we talked about like the cast breakdown, Alan mentioned the several shows she's been on. It's not just been one show. She knows what it takes to you know have camera time, which is great. We need those people on the show. However, she's very weird about it, interjecting herself and having these weird like I don't want to say rivalries because they're not. Sorry to you, Berna. You won't have a rivalry. I don't blame CT, and there's probably a bug in CT's ear anyways being like, Verna's crazy, get rid of her. Verna's crazy, get rid of her. And also, Emmy's going to have lots of screen time. Get with Emmy. Emmy's going to have lots of screen time. You're not getting any right now. Yeah, I think Verna is, like, she she does, she weirds me out. She gives me that uh, heebie-jeebies. She's like an Annabelle doll just appearing all the time. Um, I I just, I think that Verna's like all bark, no bite. Because you saw how she, I mean, Ashley was like, go over there, go away. She was like, okay. But then started chirping, like she's chirping at Emmy. She's like talking about Amber behind her back. I don't know. It it's, doesn't, it's annoying. It's two plus she, two she, is four. She's, she, she is a person who's just dipping their finger in a quiche, but not like, you know, Emmy will go, will go, will do like, will, will take scoops with her hands and feed herself, but Bernard's just like, I'm just going to slightly ruin your food and I'm going to walk away because I'm I weird. Feed all of Romania. <laughs> I did have to laugh, though we had that small clip of Emmy saying to Berna, like, oh, I won't pick Uncle CT right as she's selling CT. If I win, I'm picking you. Not to say that, well, I mean, I will say Emmy went back on our word, but the whole Berna thing being like, we're best friends. It's like, who's mine? Who's mine? It felt like Berna was more warning Emmy, like, don't do it or else I'll come after you. Whereas, you know, Emmy just, like, what are you supposed to say in that situation? It's like, yeah, I'm actually taking CT. Or, uh, I don't know. I don't know what goes from there. Um, but, yeah, Emmy Emmy is the pick for elimination. And Emmanuel's pushing for the idea because he doesn't want Emmy to go into elimination with Huey, potentially against him. And that's because Emmanuel knows, like, I'm beating Huey in any elimination. Which, side note, Fessy being gone from the game, the the gap between CT and the second best guy is still massive, but Fessy was clearly the second best guy. People like Corey, Emmanuel, and Kyle really need to put in work, and they need to take advantage of this format, because they got to get CT in elimination with someone who's weak. Huey. Not that he was weak. He's proved himself. But, like, if there's going to be anybody, Huey. No, I meant, like, see, like, they, like, they need to put CT in elimination with whoever you think the weakest girl is. Oh. At because. This point, I don't know, though. Patina? 
Bettina is coasting. Yeah, That's, she really is. Her and that forehead are so lucky on here. <laughs> she just... She walked through the the fight with uh, Fessy and Josh, just holding a pizza. She had her she had her she had her beer and she had her coke, and she's just like walking through. Like she's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> she, she just ignorance is bliss sometimes, and this bliss is Bettina. <laughs> I was interested to see when we got to the elimination arena, whatever it's called, the layer. Amy had said in the house. I want it to be something physical. Imagine that a tall brawl. <laughs> and I'm not saying it was Walmart tall brawl. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was. But I'm not <laughs> saying that production like Riggs. He's saying we say that all the time. It might actually just be me, so forgive me. But like, she definitely had a preference of what she wanted, and somehow that's what it was. Like, they definitely didn't make it a puzzle. Like, who do they think's gonna stay? Hmm. Oh, poor Emmy. I but compared to you know the last rookie on rookie hall brawl from last season of uh, the Ambers, this this was way more entertaining. They also added the aspect of climbing the cage and hitting the bell, whereas people like usually dive. Um, I don't know how I felt about it, but it was different. I was like, oh, this is this is different. It's not not different in a bad way, like when you had to run the ball back and forth. Yeah, that was bad. But the the bell, I didn't know what to make of it. Still don't. It's definitely an advantage to a taller person. Just because, like, if you can just follow them to the side and not let them jump up to get it, like, you can eventually wear them down and just take them to your side and just use your height. Which Emily, not Emily, dang it. Emmy clearly had that advantage. The first round, kind of a blowout, to be honest. Like, there was a struggle, but Emmy had it. It was a well-fought blowout, whereas, like, Esther kept trying, she held her own, and she kept Emmy, Esther kept Emmy from, like, getting the bell for as long as she could, and she showed a lot of grit, and I think Nelson said, Esther, you gotta get low, you gotta, you know, you gotta take out her knees, and I'm like, Nelson, these are two rookies who didn't know what the challenge was three weeks ago. This is our first time seeing a hall brawl, and this is, like, part of the experience of, like, as good as it is to see two vets battle on Hall Brawl, seeing two people who have no idea what the great strategy is is also highly entertaining. I also want to point out that Berna was rooting for Esther mm-hmm. after she called Amy her best friend. Mm-hmm. I heard it. Maybe Berna's the fake one. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Definitely. I- my favorite part about their initial hit in the first round between uh, Esther and Emmy was that their GoPros on the top of their head just flew off immediately. Same time. I noticed that as well. Which is how we get that footage from like the promo from last week where it was like, ooh, someone like got knocked to the ground. No, their camera just was not attached to their helmet. Maybe they named their GoPro someone. <laughs> got me there. <laughs> I was happy though the second round was 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 pretty interesting. I hated at the end. I don't know if it was editing, but I felt like it was real life. Esther was so close to hitting that bell. And she just was like her her fingers were like barely grazed it. And they did like the zoomed in and she didn't touch it. But if she had, she would have won round two. I I know those struggles, Esther. Believe me. So Five foot something 
female under five five. Uh, that's how I get dishes. It's just that little <laughs> that little cat bat. It may, you know I play basketball and it makes me think of like when people are like trying to touch the rim or, try, or like when you're young trying to touch the net and you just come up just short and you're and like people laugh at you when you miss and stuff like that and it it's just crushing. Esther put up a good fight though and there's like a big size difference between the two of them. Um, like seven inches or so, like six, seven inches. Like, Emmy's tall. She's big. She has the shoulders built for this elimination. And because of that, I think Esther held her own. I, my fear is that people will see, like, oh, Esther got beat 2 0. She's not good at the challenge. Like, no, she's smart. She's athletic. She tries hard. And this was not her elimination. Emmy, though, two elimination wins already. Now she has a new partner. She has Uncle CT. She has Berna. Malding, but Perna has Huey as a partner, and you know they both. Yep, they're starting to build their rep, and I think they should both come back next season. Yeah, Esther got screwed by Fessy, quite frankly, and I know that she contributed to that altercation, so she's not totally blameless. But had Fessy stayed, she could have lasted several more weeks. I mean, she likely could, depending on how the season goes, be like the last rookie standing. But she was kind of. Uh, slide it there i hope she comes yeah. back we'll see rivals I, four like alan said would be perfect i definitely did like her calling out amber this isn't anything personal against amber i just really like watching people get called out in elimination or like wherever the elimination grounds are alan and nikki can attest last season i was the biggest Amber B hater. That's why I still call her Amber B. If you listened last season, you know I don't like the girl. This season, she's kind of grown on me just because she's bringing something other than just, oh my God. However, her cheering for Esther after the elimination was fake as crap. And I'm so glad Esther was like, no, 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 no. I don't need that from you. Just fake. Rivals for partners, baby. I love it. And yeah, I agree. Like, that's the thing. Like, I like what Esther's doing, and I think people understand. Like, I can like both people in a feud, and yeah, it, it makes them more interesting. It makes it adds character to them. I don't want to see people just play the the clean and narrow. That's not the most entertaining game to me. Um, but yeah, Emmy's out. I mean, Emmy gets uh, C- Uncle CT. Berna gets Huey, and Berna and Huey are likely the vote for next week, and. We'll see how the show goes from here. Uh, what did you guys think of the episode overall? Well. Oh, my God. It's a good night for Survivor to premiere. Ooh. Ooh. That's my hot take. And you know I love the challenge. I mean, I will always watch the challenge for Survivor in most cases. It's a good night for Survivor to premiere. I'll say that. And this could have been a tactic on the challenges part. Could have been. Could have just been totally random because a lot of things they do are random. I mean, I liked the episode, but I obviously since since before we the show started, I've been like an Emmy fan. But I also I, I like I like ridiculous drama. Drinks getting thrown. I didn't expect it to be uh, so Josh heavy in terms of a drink throwing fight. Um, but I am also glad about Survivor. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm very thrilled to have Survivor back in my life. And I'm almost like upset that the premiere is happening because I know once I watch it, I'm going to want episode two so badly. And 
like that's the problem with some of these shows like because we we've had the challenge since the beginning of the pandemic and and we had like maybe a small break between 35 and 36 but we haven't had survivor or new survivor in 18 20 months and oh, i miss it so much I've, I've i've rewatched the old season so much in that time since and oh boy yeah i'm hopeful for the remainder of this season because the trajectory looks like we're gonna have vets finishing out the season and that will be interesting it's just a matter of getting there I just hate it for the challenge that we're going to be competing with the Big Brother finale and then Survivor just really dominating. It's like, I remember when the challenge was on Tuesday nights. wasn't the worst thing. Yeah, it's getting hard for me to be watching like three different screens at once. Because I'm always watching Big Brother on like my parents' TV and then I have my iPad on my lap to watch, watch the challenge. I have subtitles on it on both of them. Like back and forth, I'm like on my phone, live tweeting two different shows. I've like my friends making fun of me. They're like, "Oh man, what's paywell?" I'm like, "Pay what? You're getting paid?" Oh man! So that was our episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast more than you liked the episode. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Drop a like. Drop a five-star rating. Uh, follow Luke on Twitter at Final Reckoning. Follow Nikki on Twitter at the TheNikkiSin. Follow us on Instagram at Caffeine Confessionals Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at the Aligiri. And more, and the most important thing is have a great day. Yes, Heck absolutely. Yes. Bye. Bye-bye.